Well, good morning, Catalyst Church. Thanks for joining us online. I know you're getting settled uh, on your couch or your chair or whatever it is uh, that you're where you're watching this. Uh, but I want you to know I'm glad you're joining us online. I'm glad that you're joining us online. And I can't wait till next week where we get to be uh, in person again. So again, we'll be gathering next week in person at 1030. I hope that you can join us there. But I'm glad you're here this morning online. I'm glad you're engaging. If you've got a Bible, I encourage you to get that. Go ahead and turn to Romans 5. If you've got a pen or a pencil, uh, I encourage you to get that ready. We always pray that God would say something that is worth remembering to you this morning. And so uh, get that pen and pencil ready. If you are uh, here for the first time, watching for the first time, I want you to know I'm glad you're here. I would love for you to connect. Uh, You can either like the post that you're watching or leave a message and someone will get in touch with you in the near future. If you'd like to give, you can go to our website, catalyst-church.org, and you can give through our online giving platform there in a safe and secure manner. But again, I am glad that you are here. We're gonna open up our word and hear the word preached And then we're gonna sing and hear a few songs uh, this morning. So friends, let's begin with a word of prayer. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for the gospel, the good news that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and on the third day rose again in accordance with the scriptures. We believe this to be true, that Christ has conquered our ultimate enemy, death and that every other enemy that comes up against us, Christ fights on our behalf. And so we have hope. God, I pray that this morning you might use your word to encourage people, that you might use your word to lift up some weary and uh, fallen heads and chins, that you might use your word to strengthen some weak knees. And God, would you use your word this morning to show us Christ, your son crucified for us, buried and risen to give us hope. We pray these things in Jesus' precious and powerful name, amen. Well, again, if you have a Bible, and I hope you do, you can turn to Romans chapter five is where we're gonna be this morning. Romans chapter five, verses one through two. Romans chapter five, verses one through two. In his classical poem uh, known as Dante's Inferno, Dante, the author, inscribed over the gates of hell through which all people uh, going to hell would enter. He inscribed a saying over the gate so that everybody who walked into hell had to walk under this banner. And here's what the inscription said. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Those were the words that were inscribed over the gateway into Dante's hell in the poem, Dante's Inferno. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Now, some of us might argue that those same words should have been etched onto the front of our 2020 calendar, right? Abandon all hope, you who enter here. January 1, here we go, right? It has been a wild year. It has been a wild year. Everywhere we turn, it feels like there's something else coming our way, something new coming our way, something new happening that we didn't see. And everything feels like one more brick added to our back, one more burden added onto our already burdened shoulders. And so it's easy to become hopeless. It's easy to look at 2020 and to see all of these reasons to just kind of throw our hands up in the air and say, I give up. 
kind of lay it all down and say, I want to give up hope, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. At least I've felt that way a number of times in 2020, and I bet you've felt that way too. But Paul, in Romans chapter five, gives us reasons to have hope. In fact, in Romans chapter five, verses one through two, the apostle Paul is going to give us three reasons that Christians can have hope. Three reasons that Christians can have hope. So that's what we're gonna see in Romans chapter five, verses one through two is three reasons, if you are a Christian, that you can have hope. Now for the apostle Paul, the posture of hope was always built on the foundation of assurance. The posture of hope was always built on the foundation of assurance. In other words, Paul didn't just say, have hope, have hope, have hope. No, he instead, he would always give us an object in which, or rather in whom we should and can have hope. You see, you don't need me to just tell you to have hope. As though, you know, I, you were drifting through life and I just said, hey, don't just have hope. No, you need someone in whom you can place your hope. And what we're going to see in Romans 5 is that that someone is Jesus. You don't just need me to tell you to have hope. You need an object. You need someone in whom you can place that hope. For me to tell you to just have hope without telling you it, it, who you should place that hope in is like me telling you to have a strong grip on a rubber ducky while you're bouncing down the river headed towards Niagara Falls, right? It might keep you buoyant for a moment. It might enable you to get your head above water, but you know at the end of it all, that hope without any strong objects is not gonna do you any good. Rather, in Christ, we have a strong object that gives us a secure hope. So if you are a Christian, if you are in Christ, you have reasons to rejoice in hope. We're gonna see three this morning. The Apostle Paul wrote Romans 5 to help Christians, those who were in Christ, have assurance in their salvation in Christ and hope as a result of that assurance. So let's see. Romans chapter five, verses one through two, we're gonna see two, uh, three reasons, excuse me, three reasons that we can have hope. Number one, you can have hope if you are in Christ, you can have hope because you have peace with God. You have peace with God. Paul says this in Romans chapter five, verse one. He says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul explains that this peace that gives us hope only and always comes through our Lord Jesus Christ. He has just spent four chapters, the first four chapters in Romans, explaining that outside of Christ, we are at war with God. Outside of Christ, we don't have peace with God. We have conflict with God. We are at war with God. And so when we talk about having peace with God that gives us hope, I don't just mean a peace that, that is tranquil and so we don't need to get upset or bent out of shape when our circumstances don't go our way. That's not the peace we're talking about here. No, we're talking about a different peace with God. 
Uh, James Boyce, one commentator, puts it this way. He says, the idea here is not that we are upset in our life circumstances and therefore need to become more trusting and more tranquil, though that may be the case, but rather that we have been at war with God and he with us because of our sin, and that peace has nevertheless been provided for us by God if we have been justified through faith in Jesus Christ. Christian, you can have hope because you have peace with God. You have peace with God. And Paul makes it clear, you have that peace with God through Jesus Christ. There's no other way that you can have that hope. There's no other way that you can have that peace. You must be in Christ. So Paul uses that phrase, justification by faith. Faith is the means by which we grab hold of Christ, who is not a rubber ducky as we uh, bounce towards Niagara Falls. No, he is a sure and steady anchor. He is a strong savior. And we grab hold of Christ by faith. This is the grounds of our hope. We have hope not because our circumstances are gonna get better, but because we have a sure and steady savior. Paul never roots our hope in our circumstances, but always in our Savior. We can have hope not because we have ease in our circumstances, but because we have peace with God through Christ. Billy Graham has a famous message titled, Peace with God. Peace with God, in which he explains that your sinful past puts you at war with God. It doesn't just mean that you've got a little dirt that you need to clean up. No, your sinful past puts you at war with God. The Bible calls it enmity, enmity. And you can't change your past, but Christ can. All of the sins you've ever committed, Jesus paid for when he died on the cross. Paul elsewhere says that our record of debt against God has been canceled because of the blood of Christ. We have redemption through his blood. We who were God's enemies can be now at peace with God because of what Christ has done. So Billy Graham goes on to explain, how can we have this, have this peace with God? Repenting and believing. Repenting means to turn away from our sin, to stop trusting ourself and our self-righteousness and to turn to Christ. That's the belief side of the coin. To trust in Christ. And so every person has to make the same decision. It's either the world and its pleasures and its gods and its promises of peace or it's Christ. And so as you're watching this video, I wonder which is it for you? Are you seeking peace in the world? Are you seeking peace in sin? You see, sin always promises us peace, but it's a check that can't be cashed. It's a promise that can't be fulfilled. Sin will always promise you peace, but it will leave you wanting. Only Christ can deliver that peace. And Paul says, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, which means you can be surrounded by chaos in your life, and you will be at times, but you can have peace with God in Christ. So is that you? Is that you? Are you in Christ? Do you have peace with God even in the midst of the chaos that we know as 2020? So we can have hope if we are in Christ because number one, we have peace with God. 
But not only do we have peace, we have access to God. That's the second point. We can have hope because we have peace with God. We can have hope because we have access to God. Paul goes on in verse two to say, through him, that is through Christ, we have also obtained access by faith, again, there's that phrase, by faith into this grace in which we stand. He says that not only do we have peace with God through Christ, we have access to God with Christ. It's not only that we are no longer at war with God, as though he's kind of said, okay, I'll end the war, but that's where it stops. No, Paul goes on to say, no, we actually have access to him. Have you ever felt like you were far from God? Like you didn't have access to God. Have you ever felt as though there were obstacles between you and God? Many of them you feel like you probably put there, uh, put in place your, yourself, right? But have you ever felt like there were obstacles between you and God? Paul says that if you are in Christ, all of the obstacles are removed. You have access to God. You have access to God. Throughout the Old Testament, we read as people came to worship that there were uh, stops along the way. And so if you went to the temple, if you were not a, a Jew, if you were a Gentile, you would be allowed so far, but once you, you would reach a point that, that you weren't allowed to go beyond. And if you were a Jew, you would be allowed to go beyond that, but then you'd run into another uh, obstacle, another stop point, and they'd say, okay, well, we've got some more stipulations where you can only you know, go further if this, and then you'd get a little further, and you'd realize there's another obstacle, and you'd go a little further, and there's another obstacle, and there were all of these obstacles that were meant to help us understand that God is holy and we are not. Now, God is no less holy now than he was then, but Christ has removed all of the obstacles, he has granted us access. We have redemption through his blood. Do you realize that no matter how chaotic 2020 gets, if you are in Christ, you have access to God the Father. Author and scholar Tim Keller asks the question this way. He says, what kind of person would have the audacity to wake up a king in the middle of the night for a cup of water. Only a child would have that kind of audacity. Keller goes on to explain, believer, you have that kind of access with God, your father. 2.30 in the morning and you wake up and you're worried about something. You can open up his door and ask him for a glass of water. You, because of Christ, have access with God. Some theologians describe it this way. In the courtroom, we've been justified with God. That is, we were guilty before God, but because of Christ, we've been made innocent. So in the courtroom, we've been forgiven. Our record of debt has been wiped clean. We don't need to worry about punishment anymore because the punishment that was ours was laid on Christ. And so we have peace with God, right? But these theologians will go on to explain that Christian, you're not meant to stay in the courtroom you're meant to move on to the family room. And that's exactly what God does. He adopts us as sons and daughters in Christ. And he says, yes, you've been forgiven, but don't stay in the courtroom. Come in to the family room. Theologian J.I. Packer said, if you wanna know whether or not you really know God, ask this question, do you know him as father? Do you know him as father? So Christian, if you have 
access to God in Christ. Think about that. It means that you can have hope in any circumstances. There is no situation in which you don't have access to God in Christ. It's not possible. No matter how chaotic your life gets, no matter how big a mess you think you are in, if you are in Christ, you have access to God and so you can have hope. So we have hope. We have hope because we have peace with God in Christ. We have hope because we have access to God in Christ. And thirdly and finally, Christian, you can have hope because you will see God. You will see God. Paul puts it this way at the end of verse two. He says, through Christ, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. What Paul means by that phrase, the hope of the glory of God, is that we will one day see God in all of his goodness, in all of his fullness, in all of his glory. We'll see him. Do you realize that, Christian? You will see God with unobstructed view. And it won't be on a screen. It'll be face to face. You will see God. Not through eyes weeping over your own sin. Not through a screen that that tells you he's in some room over there and you're in this room over here not with hearts that are burdened by the brokenness of this world or racism or injustices that you've faced or people you love have faced, not with heads that hang heavy from weariness, but you will see God in all his glory with unobstructed view. When Paul says we have hope, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God, He's looking forward to heaven. That's what he's doing. I don't know about you, but I need heaven so bad right now. I need heaven. I need to see the resurrected and majestic and mighty Christ that we see in Revelation chapter one, who is this mighty warrior. I need to know that Christ is dwelling and walking among his churches, which we see in Revelation chapters two and following. And I trust that even when we can't gather physically, Christ is walking among us. We need, I need to see Christ, the lamb who can has the authority to open up the scroll and unfold history because by his blood he gained that authority. I need heaven. I need to be able to close my eyes and open my Bible and see Christ ascended, see Christ on the throne. I need heaven these days. And I bet you do too. I bet you do too. So Paul is saying that we have glorification in our future, we will be glorified. We will be glorified. In Romans chapter eight, he explains that those whom God has justified, those whom he has forgiven in Christ, them also he has glorified. It's one of the most fascinating parts of the Bible because Paul speaks of future tense things in a past tense verb. He's that confident. He's that confident. So Christian, you can have hope. 
James Boyce explains it this way, not only our present status, including both peace and access, but our final end, the hope of the glory of God, assure us that God's purposes for us will never be frustrated. So Christian, you can have hope. If you are in Christ, you can have hope because you have peace with God. You have peace with God. Though you are at war with him, yet he has laid down your arms. You can have peace with him. You have access to him, and you will see him. You will see him. Now, you don't just need to know about hope in God. You don't just need to know about it, right? We Sometimes we'll use the word doctrine to describe uh, what we believe to be true. We need the doctrine of the gospel, the good news that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and on the third day rose again in accordance with the scriptures. We need the doctrine to give us hope. But you also need people who will walk with you through the painful and messy process of finding that hope and applying that hope to your own hurts and your own heartaches. We call that culture. You see, you need both gospel doctrine and gospel culture in order to rejoice in hope in 2020. And that's my prayer for Catalyst. And actually over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna take some time to look at what it means to be a church that is marked by gospel doctrine and gospel culture. What it, what it means to be a church that rallies around the truth, the doctrine of the, of the gospel, and treats one another with the same love and culture of the gospel. So I want to invite you, whether online or whether you join us in person over the next couple of weeks to come, experience that. Let's open up our Bibles together and think well about the gospel, both in doctrine and in culture. But in just a few minutes, you're gonna hear a number of songs being sung. And I wanna encourage you, the words are gonna be on the screen. I wanna encourage you to meditate on those words. Some of you may wanna sing along with them. Some of you may just wanna soak those words in and hear the gospel being sung to you. But you're gonna hear about the hope that you can have in Christ. So over Dante's hell, there was that inscription, abandon all hope you who enter here. But in Christ, we have the inscription not to abandon all hope, but to rejoice in all hope. So Christian, are you rejoicing in hope this morning? Come again to Christ and you can. Let's pray together.